This is episode 160 with Austin Suter. You're tuned into Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer, Forever Athlete founder, and your personal flow coach, helping you optimize your life one conversation at a time. Remember, you can text or call in to join the show at 301-747-0718. Today, we sit down with Austin, founder of The Wavy Dreamer, owner of All Season Media, and one of the most open-hearted humans that we've been blessed to have on the show. Through Wavy Dreamer, Austin shares a lot of his writing, often providing insightful and thought-provoking quotes that make you pause and really think and assess, how did you get here? That's what a lot of today's conversation will be geared towards and will leave you thinking as Austin shares his story of how he got here and more importantly, where he's continuing to grow forward from here. Before we jump into it, though, I got something for you. The Forever Athlete book is available now to pre-order. Forever Athlete, Connect With Your True Identity Daily is a collection of stories from 18 unique peak performers' journeys all found in one place. This book is intended to be a reference as you continue on your journey of self-growth. You're so much more than an athlete or your physical body, and this book really serves as a real-life resource to owning who you are. Go reserve your signed pre-order copy at foreverathletela.com. And we'll throw in a special NFT, which will be available to mint to the first 250 of you that reserve your copy. This will grant you early access to all Forever Athlete drops in the future, private Q&As on the book hosted by me, and VIP at Away Games, which is our self-discovery community-based retreats that are launching here in 2022. You'll want to get your hands on this ASAP before they run out, so go check it out at Forever Athlete LA. Dot com and without further ado let's dive into it with austin austin i'm excited to dive into this conversation but first and foremost man how the heck are you doing right now I'm good man i'm good i think uh you know been a busy day busy week we talked a, a couple days ago but i'm doing well excited to chop it up and you know have a real uh real conversation yeah man i, I just gotta say for those not looking at the visuals right now they're just listening to the audio they're missing out on some epic <laughs> mood lighting that you got going on in the apartment right now yeah yeah it gets dark at like 5 30 here now, so you, know, you gotta spice it up a little it's an adjustment man it's an adjustment well i wanted to dive into your story and my goal at the end of this conversation is for people to have a better understanding of not only who you are as a person but wavy dreamer and all of the other things that you do in this world so let's start there with who the heck is austin Suter? how do you how do you sum that up can you sum that up i don't know uh, you're not gonna ask me the uh the usual question how i describe myself <laughs> well yeah how do you describe yourself um you know I feel like I thought about this a lot because I knew this question or something like it was coming, but now <laughs> on the spot now it's I'm like I'm lost for words. I mean, I don't know. I think um, probably just someone that you know is always. I think at this point, maybe I wasn't this way a couple of years ago or a few years ago. I was just okay with kind of being who I was then, but I think now every day I kind of just get up with the approach of like, how can I improve, right? In any way, like in a relationship, in my job, you know, in the way that I think about things, the way that I process things, like what can I improve and how do I do that? And then how do I share that with other people through conversation, through what I write, 
Um, cause ultimately, you know, I think that I get a, a greater sense of fulfillment out of helping other people be better than anything else that, you know, I do for myself. So, um, I think that's kind of like the way I lead in my relationship and also just try to like walk through life that way and, you know, be the example, maybe, be, maybe a, a quiet voice, but, you know, I think when I say something now, people, people tend to listen. So mm. that's, I think that's kind of where I position myself. I like that, man. And yeah. It might be quiet, but just because of the, the level of sound behind it doesn't mean it has any less value to it. I think it's something that you and I have definitely vibed on over uh, the past few years here. What, what shifted for you? Because you said maybe a few years ago, you wouldn't have described yourself that way, but now you do. Was, is there a specific moment in your life that you can point to and say, because of this, now I show up this way? I don't know if it was a specific moment, maybe a period of time where I, you know, I think for a long time, I, I did things for the approval of one person in particular or other people mm. as I started to age and like process life. And, you know, when I was in college, right. Like I think I was trying to fit into this, you know, I think, you know this, but Jay Shetty, I think, says it well. Like, we live in this perception of a perception of ourselves. Mm. Right? So, like, I'm not what you think I am, or I'm not what I think I am, but I am what you think I think I am, or something like that. It's like a mind blowing yeah, it's a mind concept. <laughs> but I think for a long time, I just was stuck in like trying to be what someone else wanted me to be and not. Mm fully aware of like who I am and how can I like pull more of that out of me. So I think I went through that, you know, growth process, right. Where I got a little lost and I felt a little lost and wasn't sure like what value I brought to the world. And I questioned that at times. And, you know, I struggled with depression and anxiety disorder and just these things that really were a culmination of not learning how to process my childhood experiences and then them coming out in my adult experiences and my relationships are just day to day and how I, you know, interacted with other people and, you know, walk through life at that point. So I think once I became more conscious of that, then I just started to see myself from a different lens and mm-hmm. was able to understand why I am the way that I am and how I can use that understanding to better myself. And I think you don't really get to that point unless you talk about those things with people. So whether yeah. like through therapy or, or you know, conversations with people you have relationships with, um, you know, friendships, romantic relationships, whatever it is, right. Your family, um, you know, you're not really gonna, probably not going to get to that point. I mean, reading may help, writing may help, but I think actually talking about it and like collecting feedback mm-hmm. from someone else really helped me. So you know, it takes some sense of like courage to do that and to really like open up about those things, especially with guys. You know, I think that's part of why I shared what I write initially and, you know, to kind of overcome that perception of the toxic masculinity, like being an athlete in college, looking a certain way, like, Oh, I have to be cool and do what's cool and not try and not care about these things. But like, that's not me. That's what other people may want me to be or perceive me to be, but that's not really who I am. 
So, yeah, I think it was just kind of like a combination of coming to that understanding and then you kind of just have to drop like the, which is still tough and I still struggle with it, I think, as everyone might a little bit, but just drop the thinking of really caring what anyone else thinks. I know that's cliche and it sounds like mm. nice to say, but you can really put it into practice when you just try something and you see like, it's not that scary. You know, it's not like, it's not going to harm you. It's not going to harm anyone else. And you kind of just open yourself up to a whole new world where you can then build relationships from that point, which isn't mm -hmm. surface level. Like it's real. And I think that, I mean, I notice like people will introduce me to other people or they'll say something about me. And I think now the, the common things like he's a real, like he's a real ass dude, you know, like that's what people would say. And I think three years ago, people wouldn't say that or even two years ago. Right. So it's just mm. about being real, but you have to be real with yourself first, you know, before you can share that with other people. So I think I just looked myself in the mirror and tried to figure out who I am and, and what value I have separate from what anyone else wants me you know to be yeah that's so well said um you know a lot of I'm trying to think of of what i want to say in return because there's so much to to dive deeper into there uh one of the things that comes to mind obviously is that's mostly the ego talking when we are starting to play that game of I'm worrying about, well, what is Austin's perception of me going to be with what I share next or what I ask next? And it's like, that can oftentimes be the barrier from actually having that real conversation, actually having that deeper right. connection, you know what I mean? That can exist. So yeah. what was kind of that first, I mean, you mentioned a couple different things that have worked for you having the conversation having it with loved ones having it with people in relationships therapy all of that was that the first place you started or did the writing for, come first um i think i was always pretty good at communicating like my feelings i think it, mm. you know, part of it was maybe because of my experiences growing up i you know had parents that were divorced i had a dad who didn't create space for me to do that. And I had a mom who did, you know, when we talk about like creating space for those types of conversations and like authenticity and just, you know, being able to lay it all out there. I have two <laughs> just like opposite examples, right? Like a yeah. one place to the next and split time here, split time there. I had to like almost be a different person depending on what environment I was in. And I think, I could really be myself and like lean into that when I was at my mom's house and then at my dad's house, I couldn't, my dad mm -hmm. might hear this, but you know, that's okay. Um, but I think that, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe just like the times where I felt so misunderstood or wished I could have explained how, that person was making me feel when they were being the way that they were being to me. I thought of every possible way I could explain it so that they would understand it. 
but I never had the chance to explain it. And I think through that like depth of thinking and trying to understand what, what way can I explain this to someone so that they actually listen and they actually understand the impact that their words are having on me or their actions are having on me. And I think just from that, like I would go to this quiet place and, you know, a therapist would describe it as disassociating and that's technically a disorder. But I think that that is where I create what I think. And it's weird to look at it that way. And I, I don't think I've ever even came to that conclusion until just now, but I think that's really like where I developed that skill to be able to communicate things in the way that I think I do so that I can be understood. And also so that I can create space to understand other people. Right. So mm-hmm. same way that you do on our group calls and, you know, through your work, it's the same. I think it's the same concept, maybe a little less structured and less um, researched. Right. But, you know, I think that was just like my way of doing it. And I would usually lead with just being open. Mm. And I think that allowed other people to be open with me. At least that's what I've kind of noticed, like in friendships, relationships, and people coming to me for advice for things, or just knowing that like they can talk to me and be real with me about something where, you know, we've talked about this before. We have other friendships where that just isn't the case. Mm. Right. So I think that's like really where it started. And then the writing really just helped me process like childhood trauma. That's kind of what I started when I was early on in therapy and just processing and and working to understand that and its effect on me and how to work through that, learn how to self-soothe, do those things that help me now today um, that are part of my process. But I think that writing just allows me to put ideas that I have or that I see and expand upon mm-hmm. on paper or, you know, the notes section of my phone. Um, and I can always go back and reference it, right? Like every time I think of something that I, that makes me feel a certain way that like moves me or makes me feel like, Oh, I'm really like learning something from this thought. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone listening, but like, you know what I mean? Like you have those moments yeah. where you just come to certain conclusions about things or you think of something you're like, Oh, that's cool. Let me write that down so I can like revisit it. I think I just started doing that really consistently in a journal and also in a notes section on my phone. And I would like go through it late at night, a lot of time, a lot of the time, and then just write more and mm. try to create something that made me feel like I was telling that story. Like I was explaining what I was experiencing as I came to that thought and how can I share that with other people in a way that is like telling a story, capturing their interests and also providing some value to them in some sense, right? Like that's the goal. Um, Because I noticed the value it provided to me just to write things down and see it. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay, how do I help other people? Because you know, I think that that became a passion of mine, but then it's that whole, your passion is for you, your purpose is for others, right? How do I turn my passion to a purpose and help other people? And I think I just started to think about that. And that's what kind of led to, you know, sharing what I, for a long time, just wrote 
in a journal to myself, to my inner child, Mm -hmm. but now trying to do it in a way that allows me to connect with other people. And there's something that, something that I saw, I think one time it says like, said, chances are if it moves you, then it'll move other people too. Mm. And I think there's a lot of times where like we have thoughts or feelings or whatever you want to call it, that it moves us. Like it makes us feel a certain way, right? But we don't share it a lot of the time. Maybe we keep it to ourselves, but maybe if we shared it, that would be like the starting point to a healthier relationship Mm. or a deeper friendship, right? Or a deeper understanding of a parent-child bond, right? Or something like that and how we can evolve that over time through that deeper understanding. But I think a lot of, you know, just from observing people in my life, a lot of people don't say those things that maybe they don't know how to say it, which is one hurdle to overcome or they fear the reaction of the other person. Um, So I think it's just, you know, that's also part of kind of writing and sharing with other people, trying to share something that will make them think about how they can then communicate better. Mm. But I think it goes back to that same point, right? Like you have to, you have to take accountability for yourself and your actions. You have to take ownership of that first and you have to help yourself first before you can help other people. Right. So I think once you like do that with yourself and I think that just all those things kind of go into that, but I don't know. I think writing is just a powerful way to, to share those type of messages with people because something that they can read, you know, on their time, they can save it, go back to it. They can write it in their own way, take something that someone else said and just make it their own so that it means more to them and is specific to maybe their situation. And it sparks some thought in them that allows them to just continue to think around those topics. Whereas Mm -hmm. they weren't thinking about those things. They may not reach that higher understanding of their self or of the situation or other people. So, um, yeah. It's provocative. It gets the people going, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, (laughs) love love that uh, little sound bit there. Maybe we'll uh, we'll voice it over. it It gets me going a little bit. I think, you know, some people like it. Everyone has, uh, especially on like social media today, right? Everyone has their their own varying levels of tolerance for different things. So you mm-hmm. have to kind of understand that you're not going to reach everyone, but. Well, that's not why you do it either. Oh, exactly. The cool thing. Yeah. Um, one thing that a thought that came to mind, and maybe it's a connection, maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned the disassociation and that was kind of how you processed in the past. Do you think your experience as growing up in baseball led or encouraged that sort of behavior? Because it is always kind of preached in athletics, right? The next play mentality. Like if you threw a bad pitch, forget about it. Next one. Am I drawing a connection there that doesn't exist? Or what was your experience there 
like, did it reinforce that kind of behavior? I would just be curious to, yeah, to know I, your experience. Yeah, I think athletics is a little bit, you know, maybe not a little bit, maybe a lot like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that that type of mentality was instilled in me, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it mm. certainly helped people get to a certain point. Um, but I think it was more so just the, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe it is tied into it like that next play mentality or how do I get better next time? Right. Like that's, yeah. And maybe because I would argue, I mean, in my experience, I would argue that is good when it has its place, but it can't be the only, like that can't be the default program that we run in every scenario in our life. Yeah, definitely not. You have to take time to slow down and dissect what just happened, right? And yeah, try to extract the lessons from it. But I think, you know, I don't know. I, I'd say more, more so my experience with disassociation was more in relation to the fact that I had someone in one ear that told me, like, you know, just block it out. Right. Mm. And that was my mom's experience. And I think that's something that as you go through, I won't speak to it too much, but yeah, um, I think it's interesting, you know, like you, as you grow up, people think that, you know, (laughs) trauma is like something traumatic, but it's, it can be very like minuscule and almost like impossible to notice at times Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because while that type of response to me going like hey mom this makes me feel a certain way this is what's happening with dad that response of like just block it out like that's how he is while it's kind it's also very ineffective Mm. It doesn't teach you how to deal with things as they are. It teaches you how to deal with them as we wish them to be. Yeah. So that's where like the dissociation was for me of, I didn't have the tools and the skills to self-soothe and to process those experiences on my own internally. I don't think any of us do though, especially at a younger age, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely tough, but, you know, even someone that has a great childhood and, you know, the perception is everything's perfect, right? There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong. Their parents are still together. They're happy. They're a good example. They're in love, whatever it is, like they live a good life. Mom could still be smothering, you know, and that's, that can actually be for some children, like trauma. And mm-hmm. that affects the way that they build relationships in their adult life that affects the way they love, you know, all of those things. And, you know, trauma, like I said, isn't, isn't just like someone smacking you over the head and like reading, like it's very, you know, words can, can obviously cause, cause trauma as well. Um, But I think it's, you know, it's just more delicate than that. Like it's, it's very, 
don't know. It's very interesting. I, I wish I had a PhD and I wish I could like break it down more, <laughs> but I only understand it to the extent of my experience and maybe just some examples of others, but it's super interesting to like try to break down those things and understand yeah. it's like why people are the way that they are. Right. Like what really were your experiences that made you that way? And it, I think at a certain point in life, I'll, I feel like I kind of started to get there, mm-hmm. but you almost get to this place where you can just like observe someone and not really know much about them, but you can almost like infer maybe what their experience was like. Mm. And if you see the way that they are in their relationship with their significant other, maybe, or yeah, you see the way they are in group settings, or you see the way, you know, that they just come across one-on-one, right? Like it's just, you can kind of maybe make some assumptions and, and piece those things together. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I think what really comes to mind there is just that, that concept around experiences, right. And our perception of other people's experience oftentimes I think gets in the way of connection and you and I have talked about this, like social media. I think you shared a, um, a post a few weeks ago about sometimes I look at my um, Instagram feed and wish that I had the life that was being lived inside those squares. I probably butchered that, but the concept is there, right? Like how often are, are we looking at our own lives in the form of our social media feed and wishing, damn, that was pretty dope. Like, that guy went to Sedona, that guy went to Arizona, you know, like I look at when the Giants were in the playoffs and I was like, damn, Austin's in San Francisco. Now he's in LA. This dude's all over the place. Like, I wish I had his life, but oftentimes we're never sitting with one another long enough to actually receive and hear and actually understand your experience beyond the squares yeah 100 yeah i think you you shared a podcast with me with nq and, and atticus yeah. and that's where that post and the the idea derived from i don't know if it was if i directly quoted it or just added to it a little bit but i mean i think we've all probably experienced that feeling where we look at like our highlight reels and we wish we had that life and that's just not the reality and that's you know, I think that's almost hard to accept, but once you accept mm-hmm. it, you can move past it and say, okay, like, how do I share my actual reality? And I think that's where like me sharing what I write, you know, comes into play because that's my reality, right? Like I typically, initially, at least when I started sharing, like would write deeper things and, you know, maybe it makes some people uncomfortable. Maybe it mm-hmm. you know, talks about the loss of life. Maybe it talks about doubting yourself or, dealing with depression or questioning your place in this world. But like, those are real thoughts that everyone has. Mm -hmm. If they didn't have it, like people wouldn't have, you know, it wouldn't have resonated with people to the point where X amount of people now follow an account that posts things like that. Right. So I think like we need to do a better job of encouraging that type of vulnerability and authenticity, but also understand that that's not for everyone. Like while Mm -hmm. I have friends, like probably my best friend is my best friend from high school. And he, 
I know has struggled with certain things on, you know, on his time and through his experience. And we've talked about it one-on-one, but he's never going to be someone that is comfortable enough to go share that experience with the world, right. On social media. And that's fine. Like, I understand that. I know that like, there's still depth to that relationship and he's still a very real person, so to speak, Mm -hmm. but that's just not for everyone. Right. But he can create space still and friendships to make me feel like as his friend, I can go to him and talk to him about anything. So it doesn't just have to be social media. You know, if you're not a big social media person, but you can still do it in your relationships. And I also think even if you're not a big social media person and you're not sharing things that often, you can help move that like mission forward by not judging the people that are doing those things. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not for you, but maybe it's for them. Like, and that's what people have to understand that we all, and I think this is like a a Kobe video that I maybe shared recently, but learning how to dance beautifully in your own box, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as like, you have your cup. I have my cup. Your cup is yours to drink. Why would I focus on what's in your cup? I should focus on what's in mind. That kind of a concept. Like if you learn to just dance beautifully in your box, then you learn to judge other people's boxes less. Yeah. And compare less and just understand that like your box is for you and theirs is for them. Like they don't have to do things for you or anyone else. They're doing it for themselves. Ultimately, that's why I started writing and sharing what I had written because it made me feel like I had a voice and a place in this world. And I think that initially I was just looking for some sort of validation around that. Mm. And then I got it and it was like, holy shit, like I actually do have a voice and (laughs) I do mean something to people, people that don't even know me reach out to me and say like, seeing this helped me get through my day or seeing this saved my life. Like I've received those messages at times. And I think that that's, just like the power of being vulnerable and putting yourself in those positions where you open yourself up to those experiences. But the more we limit like what we think is possible from that standpoint or what we perceive someone else to be doing, like Mm -hmm. the less opportunity there is for more people to do things like that because then they fear the judgment of other people. So I think that goes, that also ties into something I wanted to bring up and thought about there's a book um, called Thinking Fast and Slow. And I'm not sure if you've read that book. I forget who I'm the author is. not familiar, but I'll have to check it out. But it's a very good book. And in part of the book, it talks about like, we spontaneously anticipate the judgment of others, right? So therefore the vocabulary used in that judgment matters because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people are going to judge regardless. But if we can enhance the vocabulary that they use in those judgments, then we limit some of the anxiety or decrease some of the anxiety associated with spontaneously anticipating those judgments before we share something, right? If we look at something that we're about to share and say, oh, I don't know, like this may make people uncomfortable, right? But if those people on the other end of that have the enhanced vocabulary and understanding of really the world and choose to judge it maybe, but judge it in a different way than they would have in the past, in the past, it's maybe like, oh, that person's weird, or that's crazy, or that's not for me, right? Instead, just switch it and say, that's interesting. Or I would like to know more, or I, would, I wouldn't I would like to know more. 
Mm. You know? But like, you don't, you know, you don't have to say like, that's crazy or that's stupid or like, what can I learn from him? You know, just say that's interesting or yeah, that makes you think, or, you know, that's not for me. Maybe I unfollow them. That's fine. Right. Like, yeah. But you don't have to judge it in such a harsh way. And I think the words that we use in those judgments really matter because then those echo in the chambers that we live in, right? Like if someone sees something I post and they, this is happened, this has happened. There was a, a girl that played lacrosse at Hopkins that saw something I posted before I made the wave of dreamer account, took a screenshot of it, shared it in a group chat with other people that played lacrosse at Hopkins. And I got a screenshot of it and she said, I'm about to unfollow him. Hmm. Like something else along like the lines of what I posted. And it's funny because she still follows me today. And I hope she's listening. No. No, it's just like, <laughs> you know, like you know what I mean. The amount of effort that it takes to take a screenshot of something, put it in a group chat, and say something negative about something hmm. that someone else is doing for their own experience, not for yours, is just like why not take the time to try to understand it better before you do something like that? And I don't blame that person at all. Like yeah. I think they're a great person and I wish them the best. There's no like ill will associated with saying that because I used to be that person. I used to do that to other people. And I know that we all grow at different times and reach different levels of, of that type of understanding, you know, at different mm-hmm. points in our life. But, you know, it's just like, it's so much, it's so much easier to judge than it is to understand. That's why more people choose to judge quickly than to take the time to understand. And I think that that's, there's, there's something to be said for that. And if you can just kind of, you know, put those messages out there or at least demonstrate how to do that, then you open more people up to that. And I think that, you know, that obviously just leads to um, better people, a better world, a better experience. Yeah. I think we are just so quick to judge and in a lot of ways I don't know if that's getting any better if anything it's probably getting worse with just how social media how our generation is being marketed and pushed you know the fact that like longer form content like this doesn't do as well as a 15 second clip would do, you know what I mean? Because we would much rather take just 15 seconds out of our life to get a snapshot of, okay, who is Corey? Who is Austin? Should I care enough about either of them to dive into a a deeper discussion between the two of them? Is that of interest to me? What value does that provide? And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think we are so quick to judge just as human beings because it that's we're living such busy lives. We're rushing through our life so much these days where it's just easier. It's easier to take the screenshot and talk negative than it is to shoot you a, a DM and say, I'm having trouble understanding this because that piece of content that you put out, is now questioning my perception of who I thought you were. And instead of raising that question, it's just easier to say, yo, I think Austin's lost it. 
I think he's gone crazy, man. Like yeah. you see what he's posting online these days. Like this yeah. is it. Yeah, Who is this that. guy? You know, um, yeah. that's just an interesting thing. I think it's, it, it's interesting because our generation has also grown up in this world of advancement and mm-hmm. social media being a huge part of that advancement. And I think that like, as our, you know, let's say 20, well, I guess now all the way down to anyone that has a phone, right. But up to <laughs> everyone, yeah, days, right? <laughs> maybe 30, like 30 ish. Right. Yeah. Um, in the world of Instagram, I think Instagram really like has amplified things, but um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, not so much like Twitter now, TikTok, Right. But our, you know, our generation has grown up like with an experience that nobody's ever experienced before. Mm. Uh, so there's nothing to learn from. So like we define that. And how are we going to define that as a generation, right? Like, what are we going to teach our children? Because, you know, a lot of us are going to start to have children of our own soon. And what example are we setting and how are we becoming better with the use of those things in our lives? Because ultimately that's going to echo in like eternity, really. And Mm. I think that's something that people really need to take ownership of. And it may not be that important to you as an individual right now. You may like hear that and think like, oh, that doesn't really matter, but it, it matters. Like people say every vote matters. You know, there's, there's going to come a point in time where, I mean, a lot of people say, nah, my vote doesn't really matter. Right. But every vote really does matter in that sense. Like, mm-hmm. so I think it's the same kind of thing, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's hard to do. Right. But there's so many people that a lot of us probably associate with that, you know, that'd be a hard, hard thing for them to understand. But, you know, I think it's something that everyone has to work to understand how they can be better with that and be more real on these platforms where there's a lot of people that just chase like the, the clout and the fame and all the things that we associate with like, the negative aspect of, of these platforms. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I designed a, uh, like early logo or just like quote or motto for forever athlete and just trying to sum it up. And it really got me thinking, I was like, well, how do you sum that up? Like, I've, I think it's the same thing with, with your brand with wavy dreamer, but I had like live life out side the box and the more we're having this conversation the more i'm loving the like deeper meaning behind it like i was just thinking live life outside the box which is the mold that we're putting ourselves in but it could also be applied to this conversation around social media like live your life outside of the boxes that are social media like don't live your life to get the perfect instagram picture or write the perfect thing to share on Instagram to get however many likes you want to get on it, but truly live your life for yourself and take ownership of that. What I think is really interesting, what I've noticed in my experience is I've really shifted over the past few years to being really drawn more to people that authentically 
take ownership of their life and they aren't afraid to really just be themselves and the people that aren't I've just distanced myself from yeah you know what I mean and it sounds like very similar to your experience I want to want to ask you about wavy dreamer at this point you know what I mean I love I love your explanation of it so I would love to just throw you a softball but why why wavy dreamer yeah um you know when you when you texted me that I guess it was yesterday or earlier today about like what what we talk about and mentioned that 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 was really the only thing you mentioned it made it just got me thinking more about it and yeah um you know I think that there's a lot that goes into it and there's like a whole story here too that kind of ties into what we were just talking about and I think it really started probably I mean as I said like as I was aging through college you know and therapy started writing and noticed it helped me but then I just started writing to write also mm-hmm. and I was uh, this was a little bit after college my grandmother passed away and um you know, I think that that experience kind of was like, that was the first loss of life of someone really that I was close with. Like I had seen other people in my family pass away, but mm-hmm. that was the first person that I had a very close relationship with that passed away. And it, it kind of put me in obviously a place that that type of thing can put people in at times, but yeah, um, you know, I think I felt a little lost. This was around the time that we were actually working at New Day. And then after that experience, I went to Thailand for a little bit and was supposed to teach English there for longer than I was there for. But anyway, all that to say, around that time, started this blog, Wave a Dreamer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think noticing how I had written before, thought before, it just the idea was really like, we live in ways of consciousness life's up and down every wave eventually crashes but they're beautiful when they do and there's a moment of brilliance in every wave and if we find those moments and hold on to them that's really what makes life a meaningful experience right and a Mm -hmm. valuable experience that we can then share those moments with other people those lessons right so that was kind of like one part of it um but the other part of it has to do with my grandparents, their experience, my mom and my grandfather, when my mom was in high school, was paralyzed. He was pulled under a wave, his head snapped back and hit a rock and he was paralyzed for a few years when my mom was, you know, in her like teenage years. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's a big, you know, <laughs> big part of someone's life. Yeah. It shapes their experience in the course of their life, really, their character, the qualities that, you know, she developed and all of that from her experience. So I think that, you know, I thought about it just on a deeper level, like that experience that she had and that experience that my grandmother had really shaped who they became and who they mm-hmm. were to me. And who they were to me is why I am the way that I am today. And I think that everything good in me comes from those two people. And I think that that's like, what I leaned into when I didn't know what else to lean into when I Mm. didn't have a good example on the other side. And like, you know, 
my mom, my grandmother, both of them were like essentially my rocks in that, in that sense and made me feel loved when I didn't know if I even loved myself. And I think that like the way that my mom was with me, you know, she learned that from her mom, right? My grandmother and, and her experiences. So, um, you know, all that to say that I think that's really like where the name came from and what it means to me. And then back to my experience when I initially had an intention of sharing this and starting to write, I saw a Snapchat and it wasn't necessarily ill-intended, but mm-hmm. I saw it and it was something I had received like shortly after I started writing a few things on this blog and shared it. And it was a Snapchat of people that I was friends with and I'm still friends with some of them from, um, college and this mm. was shortly after college and they were sitting around and someone was reading what I had written out loud in almost a way that was like mocking it and people were laughing at it and I saw mm. that and then there was like a two-year gap between me ever sharing anything again mm. and you know I think that that experience like I thought back when I met you know I started writing and sharing things probably a year and a half ago the, the concept of wavy dreamer in the Instagram account and, and sharing in that way with like an alias so to speak more so came about within the past year and my fiance played a big part in like pushing me to do that and making me feel like confident enough to actually do mm. something like that I had no idea like it would be what it is now and have as many followers as it does like that was never really my intention with it it was always if I can help someone by sharing this then it will be worth it right just one person um just help one person not give in to that type of feedback or that type of reaction right and Mm. you know I think that that I'm still you know I'm still friends some of those people are coming to my wedding right like it's not in some sense, it's a reflection of them, right? It's a reflection mm. of them in the past. It's not a reflection of who they are today. And it's the same way that like where they were committed to not, un- they weren't committed to understanding me in that moment, me today. Mm. I think that was a big like hurdle for them because in college I had been someone else, or at least I didn't show them that side of me. Mm. I showed them like, yeah, I care about going out and, drinking and hooking up with girls and baseball and all this like that's whatever but that's not they didn't know me for anything outside of that right and I think that that almost limited their ability to understand me in a different way and then they weren't committed to understanding me in a different way because it would have been so easy to say hey what does this mean to you and I think the perception is like you see this you see me doing this and it's wavy dreamer like oh that sounds cool like he's saying he's wavy whatever but that's not what it was right like it means so much more to me than that but nobody ever asked me what it meant to me they just chose to mock it in that way which like again don't blame those people I love a lot of them but like I don't know it's 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 interesting because for a long time it was like when I started actually writing and sharing as recently as like a year and a half ago, it was almost like 
I was trying to prove those people wrong mm. or prove something, something to them. And we talked about this before, right? But like people that do something out of the box or push boundaries or tend to do something creative in a way that may be different than people expect are really going to be people that are, you know, you know, in our generation, probably mm-hmm. are doing it in a way through social media. Um, and a lot of us have a past and a lot of us have grown over the years. And a lot of the people that follow us or that we follow on social media are from our past and they know a former version of ourselves, and they don't know the current version or the, you know, the future version we're trying to create mm-hmm. through what we're doing. And it's just an interesting like dichotomy where, you know, you have like, I don't know, a, it, it just, it's very like, it's very easy to get lost in that and not do something creative that you have this feeling that you want to do or not share something that you feel you want to share. But at the same time, like you have to on, I, I tried to like, talk myself through this as much as they were committed to like not understanding who I was trying to be and becoming because they were so connected with this former version of myself and this perception that they had of who I was. I also had to not be so connected to the former version of them. And I had to be committed to giving them another chance and understanding who they are today because they've grown in the same way probably that I have over the past couple of years. Right. So I think it's just, you know, it goes both ways. And, you know, I, I think you don't know unless you try, right. Like you just got to put yourself out, out there. And, you know, if you want to create something, I always say it, but like, if you create something and it moves you, then, it will move other people. And if you want to share it and feel inclined to share it, then fucking share it. (laughs) You know, you'll find your, you'll find your tribe. You'll find people that want to be a part of that. So um, yeah, that's really like where it, where it came about. And that is what ladies and gentlemen, what we call growth and maturity and all of the things, man. I, I always appreciate your perspective and the the insights that you have i mean the, the level of growth that is required to be able to look back and just ma- come to the realization that like you aren't like we are all a product of a million past versions of ourselves at this point in time yeah. and we have a million more versions of ourselves that we will grow and live into and all we can do in this present version of ourselves is to, to do the best that we can to, to live into it and not pass judgment for maybe who Austin was two weeks ago or two years or four years, six, whatever. And same for myself. Um, but I just, I love your introspection there and just perspective of the, the whole situation. I want to ask a couple of last questions here as we, we wind things down. I feel like we've really covered a lot where people could go back and really listen to different bits and 
get a new perspective each time that they listen to some things, which is what I love about our conversations. Um, But I want to ask you the fast five. We'll keep it light. We'll keep it rapid fire. They're one sentence, one word. And the first one is what's your go-to podcast that you're jamming out to? Uh, there's a couple Jay Shetty's is really good I also like Sophia Bush's mm. um, both of those probably would be the two dude Jay Shetty is coming in hot I, not the episode before this but two ago that was the uh, the answer on purpose by Jay Shetty yeah. and the next question is go to book that you've read in the past year go to book in the past year um Jeez, I don't know. I probably haven't spent as much time reading as I should in the past year. Been too busy writing, man. Probably think like a monk. Yeah. That was exact. <laughs> I got to put you in touch with Bob May, the bearded man, because yeah. those first two answers are very similar. Um, number three, what's something that you can't live without? My dog. <laughs> Good choice. Number four, what's a quote you live by? Oh, a quote I live by. That's a good one. Um, being okay if it happens. Or being, being, what is it? Being okay. Jeez, I'm, I'm going to botch it. It's oh, like good. Being, being okay if it happens and okay if it doesn't is a very powerful place to be. I love that. Yeah. If, if you could sum up your focus at this point in time or an intention, what would just one word, what would that be? Um, creating. Mm. Uh, actually, I'll switch that. Impacting. Yeah. Impacting through creating. Yeah. You said yeah <laughs> one word fair enough fair yeah. enough change the rules um also, i would i would love do you have anything nearby that you like a piece of writing that yeah. you'd like to share or even a post that has really resonated with you lately or it's just something on your mind right now yeah i mean i can share something it's a little bit a little bit longer but since we kind of it's not too long let me find it real quick. In if fact, they're still with us at this point, man, they they might as well see it through, right? Yeah, it's, you uh, got to see it through. So it's a little, it's interesting. I actually um, shared this as a part of what I wrote and spoke about at my grandmother's funeral, which was obviously a big inspiration for like. You know, she would be that person that was, if I ever like was second guessing myself, even though she wasn't alive at the time, she'd be the person to say, Austin, just fucking do it. You know, mm, like I love that. the encouraging spirit that like that voice in my head that pushed me in that direction to, to create what's allowed me to be who I am today um, and share that with, with so many people. So it was, um, you know, really a lot. The beginning of it was just about 
and I'll share it, share it with you. It's uh, our parents give us life. Our grandparents give us a sense of who we are and where we came from. Um, we look up to our grandparents with a sense of awe as they represent so much history and so many memories. As time begins to show on the faces of our loved ones, we begin to listen more closely and seek out answers to questions we didn't even know we had. Um, and then it just kind of goes into how I've listened over the years and how her tales have unraveled. But then I get to this point of, I saw this movie and maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, but um, it's called Collateral Beauty and it's with Will Smith. And I talk about this line that really resonated with me. So I'll read it and then read from this point. Uh, this is the quote from the movie. We're here to connect love, time, death, how these three things connect every single human being on earth. We long for love. We wish we had more time and we fear death. I take this to mean that there is no beginning and end. Love doesn't have to stop when life ends because death is just a symbolic beginning. Love is with us in all forms. In death, there is love. And in order for us to know what love is, we need time. Time is the only constant concept in the world. It heals all wounds, gives us duration to learn, and teaches us to be patient. We only feel time when we feel it in our bodies. It is set to measure existence, but really, what is time? It's when you interact with the people you love to create an impact, to live a life full of love that not even death can conquer. So love transcends time and death, and we need time to develop love, and we need love to understand and accept death. We need death to make the use of our time meaningful. But in time, there's no death if we are filled with love by the people who love us back. So it's those moments of love that we cherish with our friends and family, those moments and the people we share them with make our lives a beautiful existence. Life is the sum of the good and the bad moments which we go through, and that is the collateral beauty. So that's, that's it. And I talk a little bit more about, you know, how that, beauty lives on through people in my family and, and myself, but mm. that's really kind of like when I shared that, that was like the first moment for me where I realized like, I actually believe I have a gift and now how do I share that with people? And I think that it took sharing something like that in an uncomfortable setting to have people then come up to me and say like, you're very good at writing and that was yeah. very well said and well spoken and that was you know around the the time prior to when I had started that blog initially but if my grandmother hadn't passed away I wouldn't have had that experience but if she was alive and I told her the story of receiving that snapchat she probably would have gotten me to get back to writing a bit quicker than you know it just it all it all comes together so um yeah special i had this imagery kind of going in my head as i was just receiving and, and soaking in each word and i don't know if you did this intentionally or not as you were writing but it was this motif of of the waves and how you I don't know if it was, again, it was purposeful, but contrasting life and death as you did, yeah. it was in this constant tide that I, I would see in the ocean. Yeah. 
So I, I mean, yeah, we I think we live that way. We think that way, right? Our life becomes a result of our thoughts ultimately. Mm. So I don't know. It, it sounds morbid, but <laughs> I think the best thing that sometimes we can do for our life is think about our death and think about what that means to us and what we would want it to mean to other people mm. right and i don't know I, I think about that a lot maybe <laughs> more than i i should but I, I think it's a really powerful thing to think about and think about your ending because a lot of people say that endings help us energize they help us encode and understand and restart but think about your ending and then restart yeah and I think having those thoughts to allow you to truly make sure that you're living mm-hmm. a good, living a good story. Talk about another yeah. Austin-based brand um, that I just love their their mission behind it. Yeah. But yeah, it's it is. We have to have this concept of of that time of death. That's a that's a part of who we are. Life, I mean, life, uh, I wish it was my, my quote and something I wrote, but it's life's beauty is inseparable from its fragility. Mm. You know, it's kind of that concept. Like we walk down the street, sexy one until one day we're unseen, you know, we walk around healthy until a diagnosis brings us to our needs, that kind of concept. And Mm. we really do live on borrowed time. And I think that that's, it's difficult to live that way and to be conscious of that all the time, because obviously that's a heavy thought, but, you know, I think that if you think about it every once in a while and check in with yourself and check in with what that means to you, that's a powerful thing. And that helps you energize and encode, like I said, and understand where you can maybe hit a refresh button or reset and, um, you know, create the life that you, you want to experience. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Um, before we wrap, Austin, I just want to acknowledge you and as your friends would say, when they introduce you, you're, you are a real ass dude, but, um, I, I really appreciated this conversation today. The, the depth at which you are willing to take your experience and share is uh, is admirable. And one of the things that does come to mind is, I think vulnerability is different for everyone. Uh, we all have different levels to it. And what might be a depth for you might be different than someone else is willing to go with whatever their stage and experience is. But just want to acknowledge you for your true transparency and, and the way you, you show up. It, it's definitely impacted me in my life. So thank you. Where can those listening in find more of you, find more Wavy Dreamer, connect with more of your writing, and uh, just yeah. send me some love, man. Um, yeah, I mean, at Wavy Dreamer on Instagram, but I'd also say, you know, I have like a, a community of friends that do something similar in their own way, like yourself, mm-hmm. James Boria, and people like that. And I think that by connecting with them as well, that connects with me. And I think that the, that's really the, 
the direction and the steps that I think we should all take. And, you know, I don't know, just putting other people on and, and making sure that, you know, they're a part of your story and living out your experiences together and sharing in them, like the success as much as the, mm-hmm. the hurdles and the dips, because, you know, I don't know when I, when I don't feel like myself, conversations I have with you make me feel more like myself when I feel down and look at a post that James does, or maybe someone else that I haven't mentioned, like that lifts me up a little bit. So yeah, that's, that's where you can find me and in, in those people too. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. You just brought up, I mean, the, the motto that I chose to go with, especially for the show is that we, we go further together. We're able to grow further together for sure. So Austin, again, I appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. And we just did that today. So I appreciate you tuning in with us and I will see you all next time.